Hello. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. Later in the program, I'll be speaking to Prabir Roy Chowdhury, partner at law firm J Saga Associates, on where India stands on cryptocurrencies after the Reserve Bank of India clarified earlier this week that its 2018 dictate to banks to not facilitate crypto transactions was no longer valid since the Supreme Court set aside that circular in 2020 that's after these headlines urban company a leading tech enabled home services marketplace plans to go public in the next 18 to 24 months and has started work internally to prepare for the process co-founder and ceo abhiraj singh bhal told economic times in an interview Yesterday the company announced that it has raised 255 million dollars in its Series F funding round. The investment was led by Process Ventures, Dragonair and Wellington Management with participation from Y Capital, Tiger Global and Steadview. With this latest investment, Urban Company is now valued at 2.1 billion dollars, more than double from its value in 2019. Urban Company will utilize the new investment towards innovation training product development enhanced quality control and safety measures for both partners and consumers the company also aims to increase its geographic footprint by entering the top 100 cities in india and further expanding into international markets clubhouse the audio based networking app company has hired arti ramamurthy as head of international ramamurthy who was previously director of product for facebook communities products announced the news herself on Twitter yesterday. Ramamurthy has a master's degree in software engineering and has previously worked on products at Microsoft and Netflix. She was also founder of Lumoid, a startup that offered customers a test before buy service on consumer electronics such as drones, photography gear, health and wellness devices and audio equipment. For the past 5 months, Ramamurthy along with her husband Sriram Krishnan has been hosting the good time show on clubhouse with prominent guests such as tesla's founder elon musk facebook's mark zuckerberg and coinbase's co-founder brian armstrong krishnan is a general partner at andreessen horowitz a large investor in clubhouse amazon web services announced yesterday the general availability of amazon location service which makes it easier and more cost effective for customers to add location functionality to their applications without compromising on user privacy or data security the company said in a press release yesterday with amazon location service customers can embed location functionality in their applications using data from location based service providers esri and here technologies to provide maps points of interest geocoding meaning converting location information to a point on a map route planning geofencing meaning creating virtual perimeters or asset tracking amazon location service is as low as 1/10 the cost of the most common lbs providers and customers pay only for the number of user requests assets tracked or devices managed the company said in a press release yesterday To get started, visit Amazon.com/location. Baidu's an ad tech company has teamed up with Google to combine its content with Google Workspace for Education to offer a collaborative and personalized digital platform for classroom organization, available free to participating educational institutions. The company said in a press release yesterday. 
Built on Baiju's Vidyartha platform, this partnership will provide direct access to its extensive math and science pedagogy and visually rich learning solutions, including chapter-wise slides, ready-made assignments, data banks, summary docs, handouts, tests, and so on. Zerodha, India's biggest stockbroker, has introduced the trade tagging feature in the console section of Kite, its popular trading app and website. Co-founder and CEO Nitin Kamath said on Twitter, Tagging your trades and maintaining a trading journal can help you become a better trader and also help you track your investment goals, Kamath said. You can use these tags to create and track goals like retirement and so on. While console allows you to tag trades after you've taken them, traders might procrastinate. We know that the optimal solution is to get traders to tag while placing the trade itself, Kamath tweeted. We could then potentially also nudge or alert if a particular type of tag is being used for order placement if it hasn't been profitable historically. This is next on our list of things to do with the tagging nudge, he said. Locus, a company that provides a platform to automate supply chain decisions, has raised $50 million in Series C funding. The investment was led by GIC, Singapore's sovereign wealth fund, with participation from Qualcomm Ventures and existing investors Tiger Global and Falcon Edge. Noted angel investors Amrish Rao, CEO of Pine Labs, Kunal Shah, CEO of Cred, Raju Reddy, founder of Sierra Atlantic, and Deb Deep Sengupta, former president and MD of SAP South Asia, also participated in the round. Locus will use the funds for improving geographical reach and building its research and development team to expand the product line. We will be recruiting more PhDs in our data science team and are looking to double our patents by 2022, Nishit Rastogi, CEO of Locus, said in the release. Cloud-based browser testing platform Lambda Test has raised $16 million in Series B funding led by Sequoia Capital India. Telstra Ventures, MENA region investor Wanda Capital and a leading sovereign wealth fund also joined the Series B round. Founded in 2017 by Asad Khan and Jay Singh, San Francisco-based Lambda Test is a cloud-based testing infrastructure company that allows users to seamlessly test their websites and apps look, feel and performance on over 2,000 different browsers and by operating systems and device combinations. Since its launch, Lambda Test has attracted over 500,000 developers in 132 countries who have performed more than 20 million tests. Customers include SMEs and Fortune 500 companies such as Xerox, Cisco, Microsoft, Deloitte, Media.net, Coca-Cola, Trip, SurveyMonkey, Capgemini, HBR, 23andMe, and Dashlane. Kylos, a cloud software company, has launched its customer relationship management product in India, starting at $99 or about 7,500 rupees a month, so that small businesses can take advantage of it. Kylos is an agile, easy-to-use and customizable software-as-a-service product. The subscription gives businesses access to all features, unlimited users, no hidden costs, so that SMBs can focus on reviving their businesses after the COVID pandemic, the company said in a press release yesterday. Kylos comes built in with a host of productivity and collaboration features to improve sales team productivity. It integrates with commonly used lead generation platforms such as Facebook, WhatsApp, IndiaMart and Shiksha.com.
Crypto exchanges in India are celebrating the Reserve Bank of India's clarification earlier this week that its 2018 circular instructing banks to not facilitate crypto transactions was no longer valid after the Supreme Court set the circular aside in 2020. I spoke to Prabir Roy Chowdhury, a partner at the law firm J. Saga Associates, to understand where India stands on cryptocurrencies now. Here's what he said. Prabir, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for making time for it. So, uh, RBI's clarification earlier this week uh, about its uh, 2018 circular has caused a fair amount of excitement among the crypto startups in India. Give us a bit of historical context about this. Sure, happy to um, do so. So, in April 2018, the Reserve Bank of India had basically come out with a circular and that circular prohibited entities which are regulated, I'm stressing on the word, entities which are regulated by the RBI from dealing with virtual currency. Um, now, in this circular, the RBI said that um, dealing with virtual currency, basically said that anyone dealing, the any entity which is regulated by the RBI um, is prohibited from dealing with virtual currencies and this is where the issue is, providing services to facilitate any person or entity in dealing with or settling virtual currency. So while the RBI did not really ban virtual currencies per se, it only prohibited these entities from rendering services to entities or persons dealing with virtual currency. So, but what happened was that by this circular, they actually paralyzed the growth of cryptocurrency in India and that resulted in an immediate decline in a wide range of virtual currency-based activities in India. Subsequent to this circular, the Internet and Mobile Accessories of India, they filed a petition before the Supreme Court. And they basically said that the RBI cannot restrict or restrain banks and financial institutions from providing banking services to such entities who are involved in crypto assets. Um, and the, there were, while of course, there were many other contentions with the petitioners had raised, including the fact that the RBI has no power to prohibit trading in virtual currencies. The Supreme Court didn't go into all of that. What the Supreme Court finally said was that this restriction that the RBI has said that regulated entities can't provide banking services and other services, that is not valid. So while they said that, you know, um, the circular is not really valid on the grounds of proportionality. Um, so what basically happened is that since then, banks and financial institutions could provide banking services and related services to entities who are dealing in cryptocurrency. But somehow in between, it looks like that there have been certain media reports and banks have been telling their customers that you cannot deal in virtual currencies, and they've been referring to this April 2018 circular. So what the RBI has said is that, listen, that this circular has been set aside by the Supreme Court in 2020, and as such, there is no valid judgment or restriction where um, you know these banks can um, are restricted from providing these services. All they have said is that these banks should carry out regular due diligence processes to make sure that anti-money laundering, 
um, CFT, which is combating or financing of terrorism, and all the other regulations are taken care of. So that's really what the RBI has clarified position that it had taken and what the Supreme Court has clarified. Hmm. So uh, what are the uh, main concerns that uh, the RBI has and also the government of India about uh, cryptocurrencies? The, the government of India and the RBI feel that the, at the end of the day, the Reserve Bank of India is the apex bank in India, right? It's in charge and regulates for any kind of um, instrument which is can be deemed a currency. Um, so the fact is that they have said that because this is a kind of currency and this currency will be used for settling debts, um, you know, payment of salaries and basically lending of uh, exchanges in India, they would like to regulate it. And because they feel that it's something which they can't regulate, right? Because the whole idea of a virtual currency is that nobody, no one entity, no one person can claim to regulate it. You know, it's virtual, it's not subject to regular uh, price arbitrage and it is very, um, it's got a lot of fluctuations. So that is why the um, government and the RBI are not keen on promoting uh, this not here promoting virtual currencies and there is actually even a bill there is a bill called the banning of cryptocurrencies and regulation of official digital currency bill 2019 and this bill actually uh, prescribes uh, that you know that any usage of virtual currency and it provides for like imprisonment and such kind of uh, um, penalties but again this bill really hasn't uh, been taken up in the parliament nothing really happened it gives a sense of you know what the government and the RBI are thinking vis-a-vis -vis cryptocurrencies. Hmm. What is uh, happening elsewhere in the world in, in the so-called advanced economies? How are lawmakers uh, approaching the cryptocurrencies? In, it's in fact is very interesting because you know, and we can really look. We can we don't have to look really far. We can look really close. Let's not go to Europe. Let's not go to the US. Let's just look at Singapore, right? We are really we, we are so close to Singapore. Singapore government and the country, they have allowed cryptocurrencies. They've actually made regulations and rules governing how cryptocurrency will be traded and rules and regulations. So I think what the government's approach may not be very forward looking. Instead of trying to ban um, and prohibit cryptocurrencies, what they can come out with is work with industry players, right? work with banks, financial institutions, uh, crypto companies, and find out what are the regulations and ways in which they can comply with money laundering laws? Right? Because what's the biggest concern that the regulator has that you can use your cryptocurrencies to aid to illegal trade, arms trade, uh, for um, financing terrorism. Um, all of these are valid concerns, right? And of course, that's what the government should do: engage in a dialogue with financial institutions and companies to ensure that we can come up with the regulations with or a framework within which cryptocurrencies can be permitted to uh, be available to players and start gradually rather than just prohibiting. Hmm. Uh, you know, the startups are definitely interpreting RBI's clarification as a positive move. In fact, uh, their lobby, uh, the Bitcoin assets uh, and crypto uh, council within the IAMAI, they've even called it proactive. Uh, but what do we know for sure as things stand today about what RBI's position is on cryptocurrencies. 
So, you know, it's um, it's interesting because all the RBI is doing is basically making sure that they are not being hauled up because the RBI is the one who controls or oversees regulated entities. So they are clarifying that, listen, we are not prohibiting anyone from providing banking services or allied services to crypto companies because they will otherwise be hauled up by the Supreme Court, right? The Supreme Court order, which clearly overrides their 2018 circular, right? So they are just clarifying that they are not the ones who are putting uh, any prohibition on banks and financial institutions because they are following the law of the land or the order of the apex court. However, it's interesting because, you know, the government's position is a bit different. The government has, wants to introduce this law uh, for banning. And yet at the same time, you will find statements by uh, finance ministers and governors who have said that they understand the need for cryptocurrency, they understand it's a dynamic instrument, and they are interested in having a dialogue. But yet at the same time, they haven't really reached out to industry players or stakeholders to have a dialogue. So I think there is some kind of a um, disconnect going on between the regulator and the government. And I think it's probably a good time because this pandemic has led everyone to optimize and use digital technology and digital means as a way of communicating trading is to go for a good time to bring in legislation and to regulate rather than prohibit. I think the operative word is regulate rather than prohibit. Hmm. And you mentioned Singapore. So give us a couple of examples of the kinds of uh, uh, rules that Singapore has introduced uh, so that crypto can be regulated but also allowed uh, to kind of thrive. I think one of the things that uh, Singapore has done is also, you know, because Singapore is also a haven for a lot of money coming in from um, China and APAC region, which is then sort of channeled into investment mode. And they have also put in certain regulations for thresholds of um, tracing the origins of funds um, to make sure there are certain guidelines in terms of you know how money laundering will happen. So that's something which I'm aware of. They have put in uh, sort of strict compliances because Singapore is very strict on such on tracing of money and make sure the money is legitimate. I would say that is something which, and that is what really bothers our government, and that's a concern from our government's perspective. And that is something they should definitely take from them and, uh, you know, put in place. Hmm. And, uh, you know, senior technocrats uh, like Nandan Nilekani have spoken in favor of allowing crypto as a regulated asset. Uh, in fact, one of the points that uh, Mr. Nilekani has made is that uh, uh, the capital available that's floating uh, on the crypto uh, networks can be made available to uh, small and medium and micro entrepreneurs in India. Uh, is that something that can be uh, done easily, done legally? So I would say what Mr. Nilekini has said, you know, is absolutely correct that, you know, the need of the hour is to uh, regulate, as I mentioned, and not prohibit and definitely looking at the financial distress that is that many of our companies you know startups entrepreneurs are currently facing on account of the pandemic last year and just continuing right now uh, definitely crypto will help because you know the crypto is a very highly traded asset and if you do allow bring in regulation to allow trading of crypto uh, um, assets then it will only enable 
entrepreneurs and companies who are struggling currently um this could be because on account of lending and i know by the rbi has definitely taken on many stimulus packages but this would be one more avenue for them to uh, you know optimize their financial needs hmm uh what is the sense uh, that you get when you talk to folks in the industry and others uh, in the uh, law making uh, community so i think after the supreme court order in 2020 it things definitely picked up right? you know we were many many uh, companies um, really who were uh, struggling with the rbi circular 2018 they came back into operation you know and they started engaging full time in terms of you know right now even if they may not be like offering virtual currencies to indian citizens even if they starting with uh, starting of a back operation of in india uh, that definitely has picked up and what the industry is hoping is that just how the supreme court basically came back and said that you can't just do an arbitrary prohibition that this could set the tone for the government to realize that they can start engaging so i think there is definitely a lot of industry talk to engage with the regulator and um, you know hopefully come up with a solution which works for both i do want to make a point that right now currently you know and we have sort of mentioned this in the past but in previous conversations with other industry bodies that right now india per se doesn't allow an organization or an entity to pay in crypto right so for example if i am an employee Uh, you can't pay me crypto assets yet. You know that's not a legal tender, unfortunately. That's hopefully when we will try and change that. If not payments for services, at least it could be something that people are allowed to invest and trade in. Hmm. Do you uh, get the sense that this uh, groundswell there is sort of enough of a groundswell of this sentiment that crypto should be allowed but regulated? Definitely, sentiment. Definitely, I think there is a lot of sentiment. and you know people are very interested um so i think that there is a fact that people want to be regulated in fact we have worked with some of our clients who we were working um with when when we were speaking to them you know their common strain was that we don't want to work outside the law we want to work within the parameters and framework the regulators have there we understand that they do not currently envisage a parameter for crypto but we are happy to work towards work with them and see what aspects can be fine tuned you know and have you gone to the regulator and made many submissions this is way back in 2016 and told them that you know this is what we plan to do we understand you don't have a regulation and we believe you will comply with the basic tenets of you know financial trading to so that you get some comfort in what we are doing so i think the industry is very much um looking forward to be compliant and not really work outside the framework of law hmm. uh, and what is your sense of uh, how soon india might uh, realistically have regulations in place oh, that's a tough question uh, it's a tough question because we are currently struggling with our personal data protection bill as you probably know it's been pending before the parliament for a while it's gone through many iteration and it's still not been passed but i think I think it will take some time. Um, I think it will take uh, at least a year to two years for us to come up with uh, a framework to regulate. As I mentioned, there is a bill which talks about prohibition, and that has mindset has to change. 
and the parliamentary committee has to sit down and accept that crypto is something which they can they have to deal with come up and invite stakeholders the form of committee to draft a law to at least regulate it so i think it won't happen anytime soon but definitely it will take a year or two excellent prabir thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it yeah all right thanks so much i appreciate it that was prabir roy chaudhary partner at j saga associates that's it for this briefing you can find all our podcasts on forbesindia.com or on your favorite podcast apps i'm hari arakli thank you for listening